Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 478, where we will dance with Daleks in Zero G. I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. They have quite the tango. Yes. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Did you guys have a nice Christmas? We did. It we was did. busy, but it was good. Ours was very laid back, but also good. <laughs> What'd you do, Keith? Oh, we just, well, we had our, our standard four Christmases of my dad... <laughs> Ours, in-laws, my mom, all from Christmas Eve evening to Christmas evening. Knocked them all out, and it all went really well. The kids had a lot of fun. Liam got really got into the, the gift wrapping on Christmas Eve, or unwrapping, and then kind of lost interest throughout the day on Christmas. But Jimma thoroughly enjoyed it, and there were only a couple of meltdowns because there weren't any more presents to open. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect when you're three? But she's very excited because she thinks she has double the toys because she thinks all of Liam's toys are hers. <laughs> they are. She... They are until he knows any better. Well, yeah, it's true. But <laughs> heaven forbid he touches one of her toys. <laughs> <laughs> so we're fighting that battle. But otherwise, it was really good. Fun. Um, yeah, I was pretty low key this year because of COVID. We didn't go to our usual big Bartlett Christmas uh, down uh, in Hutchison or or Wichita, depending on where where we end up going each year but uh so it was just us and my parents because my sister who had planned to come over to my folks on christmas morning called christmas morning and her son and his dad both were had no smell or no taste and so yep so they decided they better stay home and so we zoomed with them for just you know a few minutes and so it was just my parents and my family but we did a shrimp boil and for lunch mm-hmm. and then open gifts in the afternoon and then that was pretty much it we came home and on saturday we uh zoomed with holly's family because her sister and brother-in-law are in kansas city and her dad and uh her stepmom decided not to come up this year because of covid so that was it pretty low-key kind of a relaxing christmas it was the first christmas that i didn't feel like i was running everywhere and getting up super early in the morning and it was actually kind of nice to be honest with you <laughs> That was one nice thing is while it was busy, three of the four Christmases were at our house. So it felt a lot more kind of relaxed for me and Sarah just because we had to bundle everything up and pack everything up and go somewhere right, other than once. Right. So that that part was really nice. What about you, Sean? Um, Really just us. We had bundled up uh, presents and uh, dropped them off for the kids um, earlier in the week. And uh, they opened them. <laughs> like. Wow. As soon as they got home, you know, they, they just figuring that we would have given them something useful. They apparently wanted to use it now. So <laughs> it's like, that's not how that works, guys. So they did not have anything. We, we had planned this big Zoom call thing that we were going to open on, you know, Christmas morning. No. So it was just, uh, just to us and shy. And she was, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty into the whole, okay, we're, we're we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this and get ready for bed. And. And she reminded me, hey, we got to leave cookies out for uh, Santa. I was like, oh, you're right. And we had baked cookies ahead of time. So we, we, you know, we did that. And the big man came and ate her cookies. And she was very impressed over that. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened up and got some nice stuff. And 
called it a day. Made enchiladas later that evening because I was feeling froggy, and that was about it. Oh, we did watch, uh, we only got one of the two Christmas release movies watched on Christmas. We had to wait till the next day to catch Soul. But we did watch both Soul and Wonder Woman 1984. How were they? Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is kind of a hot mess. There are parts of it that I really liked. And it's a little campy and very 80s and feel. But sometimes that's also true of the film's detriment because it has lost a lot of the realism and the grittiness that the first film had. So, the, you know, the whole very awesome No Man's Land sequence. Stuff like that is nowhere to be found in the second one. So it's, 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 a, it's a definitely a different animal. I enjoyed Soul um, much better, although... I still don't know that it's as good as everybody seems to be making it out to be. I see a lot of people online talking about how it's better than Wally, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I liked it, but there's still something not quite right with it, too. So you guys will have to watch them and let me know what you think. I would be curious to hear your thoughts. Did you watch anything, Lynn? No, just the usual Christmas fair. Anything else? not let's move on to news say there, were, there was a noticeable lack of doctor who christmas special on christmas day it was really <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the news doctor who's still not on <laughs> that's pretty much it we got less than a week to go now the countdown is on yeah four days right because it's, it's on friday yeah. so it's on friday so Woo-hoo. by the time you hear this less than Yes, <laughs> providing I get that out before Friday. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, providing you get this out before Friday. <laughs> My track record recently has been pretty good, though. So, well, let's talk about our reviews this week, then. The last message: The Dalek Emperor receives a message billions of years in the making. That's pretty much it. <laughs> There's a synopsis for the for a short story. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, right. I did enjoy it. It was a nice to kind of put the Dalek storyline into context as far as the beginning. Yeah, it does. Goes. Yeah, and the end. Um, it uh, it does set up the Daleks TV series uh, or a video web series a little bit. Uh, we we know that because of this is why they're headed to Elos to uh, uh, the archive in order to get the information that they're seeking. So. That was nice to, nice to get Woo. that. Yeah, it was nice to get that little uh, connection, that setup. I also got the impression that the Dalek they were getting the recording from was the one from the escape rooms. So here's the weird that impression too. Here's the weird thing about that. I I think that's probably the case. However, on the reading order for uh, the Time Lord Victorious, and you know how I was saying how they really didn't need to do a reading order and or a story order, and then I kind of felt like it was cool that you could just kind of bounce it. Well, I'll tell you, this week I needed it. Um, no, yeah, last message. <laughs> yeah. Last message takes place before Daleks, and the one that is sending the message. If you go down to the bottom for the uh, Victorious Days, the game we played, the Hollow Planet is first, then Genetics of the Daleks, and then a Daleks Awakens. And so, and I don't know. I know that Genetics of the Daleks and a Dalek Awakens are connected. So I'm assuming that that's the Dalek that uh, we're getting that the message is from. But if you remember, Hollow Planet was taking place in our time and not the dark times. And I got the impression that this right. Dalek 
was embedded in some asteroid and still transmitting. Now, also transmitting from the dark. Was it transmitting from the dark times or had survived? It had. It had survived all the way until, obviously, present day uh, in order to deliver that message. Yeah. Of course, they didn't go pick it up. But we also get the uh, information that that particular Dalek is also... In this time, and hasn't been sent back yet, so we do know that That's there's true. a bit of a bootstrap there as well. Yeah, but yeah, Which it'll a nice touch. It'll be interesting to see how genetic of the Daleks and the Dalek Awakens escape room uh, connect to that particular Dalek, because I'm still not quite clear on that if it's the same Dalek or not. Um, now, now that you pointed that out, I'm betting it's not. I bet it's just a separate third Dalek. Yeah, I still can't help but feel like it's the strategist, but it's it's definitely not because it's no. identified as a drone now. <laughs> now no, we yeah, now we true. now we know for sure it's a drone. <laughs> and based on Echoes of Extinction, I don't think that's the case either. Yeah, yeah. No, not Echoes of Extinction. The other one we're doing mutually assured destruction. destruction. Oh, it's, it's good. It's a good little story. I think it's it's a strong setup to the Daleks' uh, part in this. Um, which I guess I kind of expected since James Goss wrote it. I mean, he's kind of the, the guiding hand in all of this anyway. So if anybody's going to make sure that things are set up properly, it's going to be this. I do sort of wish we had gotten this before the Dalek series. I think it would have been a yeah. nice little uh, lead into that, which had our stuff been on time, it would have. Um, but <laughs> however, did you guys happen to read Emperor of the Restoration? Uh, which was the little uh, article right before this or story right before this. Yeah. I read all of the little (laughs) bits of this collection book other than the parts of the emperor, the emperor of the, yeah, that was anatomy of of a Dalek. Uh, The only thing that I didn't, uh, I was kind of glad that I didn't get was this, the restoration emperor, the restoration gives a lot of the Dalek story (laughs) in the Daleks away. It would have been spoilers uh, for me. I see. I didn't think there was that much spoilers, other than maybe just because I already knew a lot of the stuff. But I, I don't, I don't remember there being anything in there where I was like, "Whoa!" If what? I didn't hadn't read that, I would be totally ruined on what happens. Well, it completely uh, forecasts the Dalek, the Dalek Emperor leading the um, entity to the mechanoids and uh, allying okay. with the mechanoids and and. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't. I guess it doesn't necessarily say it was using them. It just says it they partnered with the mechanoids in order to defeat the new threat. So I guess that didn't. I guess that doesn't give too much away because from the trailer we knew that they were going to be mechanoids in it, and I think we even it, it knew gives that it, it away, but not necessarily that that's this story that we were talking about. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So until you watched it, you wouldn't necessarily know, and then you would go, "Oh, that's that one." Right. That's true. That's true. So there was, I guess there wasn't a lot of, and it, it sort of has, sort of puts in perspective that the Hond as well. It kind of, it leads us yeah. through the, uh, Titan comic books. Uh, I can't remember the name of that story arc. Defender of the Daleks. That sounds right. Overall, those articles did a really great job of putting all of the Dalek stuff in context, even beyond a specific Time Lord Victorious stuff. I would agree. Yeah. I, that's what I really liked about those, those specific articles in this and the next uh, volume yeah 
I, I feel bad I didn't get to really deep dive into them. I just kind of skimmed over them. Uh-huh. But the parts that I did glean were, you know, as it kind of explained that this is the new direction things went after the, the Civil War and Remembrance. And yes. I, that to me was like, oh, okay, cool. Because it kind of firmly put the time stamp on it. Not that we didn't know it was kind of sandwiched between there and there. But yeah, it's it's always nice when you're dealing with a time traveling race to have that <laughs> officiality. Oh, yeah. Okay. Those points of reference. <laughs> I also like that uh, this kind of this kind of builds on the whole uh, restoration restoration of of Scaro as well. Uh, this is the emperor from the Supreme Council that you know basically is, uh, anoints himself emperor. It goes back to Scaro, which had recently been destroyed by the Seventh Doctor, and kind of starts from scratch. And I, I think that was kind of uh, a a, a uh, neat revelation of okay this is kind of what happened post revelation so the planet was destroyed but not in its entirety (laughs) right 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 it's a cop-out but i'll allow it (laughs) (laughs) well we 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 knew that a better description is the civilization on the planet was destroyed right yeah I would like to know though because and perhaps there is this is alluded to but did, were the had the falls left Scaro before the seventh doctor initiated the hand of Omega? Because if not, he summarily wiped the falls out as well. I can't yeah, remember. I really it, seems, it seems like they left planet for planet of the Daleks. They had already left Scaro by that time, so maybe they weren't there at the time. But but the, this article refers to the, the the emperor going back and with no. Falls on the planet. There would be no falls. It would only be Daleks. So I think we'd have to assume that again, Dalek stories being what they are, that when we see them in sequence, that they are in sequence, unless we are told otherwise. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and even then, the next volume refers to uh, Genesis, right? And how the stories up to that was one timeline, and then this splintered off and made a new Dalek timeline. Right. The events of that which I thought was a really nice touch and an interesting way to try to retcon everything to work together. Yeah, it's it's nothing new, though, because this has already been uh, retconned in such this pretty much the same way in other uh, materials. Goss just kind of, or, or this magazine, whoever's putting this together, really kind of formulated it into one spot, and, and I think just it made it... Summarized makes it, it really yeah, well. Yeah, makes it more clear, and I think I, I appreciate that as well. Well, let's move on then to uh, Mission to the Known, which was the next the, story. The Dalek Emperor reveals its ultimate goal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel compelled. We should be going dun dun dun. I mean, <laughs> I, these are good dun, stories. Dun, dun, yeah, these are good stories. They they warrant the the uh, dun dun dun. I suppose. Well, and it's amazing. Was, was it for as short as they are? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're, that's they're that, such nice little interludes. Yeah, that that's true because I mean we're we're basically working with what a four page story that really gets a lot of information in there and a lot of with with illustration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which I think are cool. I think the the kind of the retro look of the illustrations oh, is, is pretty neat. Um, and then of course this one, <laughs> this one takes place. The placement of this one was a little less clear to me. I think yeah. it's because. We haven't read All Flesh is Grass yet. Right. So that's, well, and, and even worse will be <laughs> when we get to uh, 
the next one we review tonight. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this one actually takes place. It's in the middle of All Flesh's Grass. How come I can't? F- oh yeah, that's right, because it's in between. It's in the interlude. Yeah, you're right. It's, so this one's in so the interlude. So after Minds of Magnox and Tales from the Dark Times. Right. So this is this is the emperor giving the directive to uh, the commander and the Dalek uh, executioner to go and take out uh, the Time Lords before they become the Time Lords. Um, This story also, this was something you guys kind of (laughs) had a little fun with that, you know, as an every Dalek, an executioner. And this one really kind of cements why this is the executioner, Dalek. This is not the executioner of other races. This is the executioner of the commanders if they don't succeed in their mission. And so it's aptly named the executioner because it's going to take out the top of of the Daleks if it fails. And so I think that was kind of a neat, okay, that makes sense why it's called the executioner, Dalek. Well, and... The mutually assured destruction helps lend towards why it's called that also. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it does. It's uh, it's almost uh, oh, very uh, 80s era Soviet uh, military. There's a KGB agent aboard, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Just, just keeping tabs on things. But, uh, of course, in, in typical Dalek fashion, we can't do anything subtle. So we're going to, you know, equip him with the biggest ray gun we can find and make him slightly bloodthirsty and insane. <laughs> the story is good, though. <laughs> not much not much else to say about it, huh? No. <laughs> well, let's move on to mutually assured destruction because this is this is a little meatier story, a little meatier yes. story. <laughs> and, a little. Yeah, just a little bit meatier um and uh much longer. From Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious, Mutually Assured Destruction. I'm just a rat in the skirting boards causing havoc. Now, where is it? Yo, I'm a doctor. Stop me! See, you've been cooped up in the lab too long, forgotten how to shoot in zero gravity. You will learn. You cannot trap the Doctor. He is too dangerous. Your actions have jeopardized the survival of the Dalek Time Squad. You are looking for the TARDIS. You're a bright one. What have you done with it? Purge all aliens. Exterminate. Exterminate. Big finish. We love stories. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> What'd you guys think about this one? I liked it. I did too. It was an action-packed ride. I don't know if there was as much plot to it, but the seeing the aftermath of whatever happens in the novel was uh, off-putting yet rewarding at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that 
I think this will it'll help to have read all Flesh's Grass because I think it will naturally fit at that point. For me, I was expecting this to be part of uh, uh, what was the continuation from the Enemy of My Enemy? It was Enemy of My Enemy. Yeah, the yeah. Enemy of My Enemy. I just felt it was going to be a continuation from that. So clearly, we now know that the Enemy of My Enemy is what leads up to the all freshest grass arrival and that this happens after the events of all freshest flesh's grass after they're i guess i suppose headed back to the back to the present day or back to their original timelines yeah and as we as it started i was like did i remember the end of that last story wrong was there some big explosion that i don't remember i I thought the same thing i thought the same thing in fact i started listening to this and i was so confused where they were that i went to time lord victorious handy story guide (laughs) story order in order to find out where this was placed and once i got my brain wrapped around it, i thought okay well i'm just gonna have to enjoy this ride and figure out how this fits in after all flesh's grass finishes up Uh, yeah i mean i kind of obviously i just i just went along with with it for the ride i was like okay i i guess i misremembered and just went along with it with it kind of in the back of my head and then once there's a line drop at the very end of our we're back we're out of the dark time so i was like oh so this is set afterwards yeah that, 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 so I, that, I had the story click it in for me that's what I've, i that kind of cements it even though i had already looked in the, the story placement while i was listening but yeah that kind of cemented it. i was like okay well that that's what to me sort of this this probably so far is the least standalone story and of, of all of these stories for me. Um, yeah. I, I just don't think that it is an interesting concept to just be thrown into the action at the beginning. Something has happened. There's been an explosion and the doctor has sabotaged the ship in some way. And so I think there's something to be said for starting a story that way. It's really interesting, but it does feel a little bit, uh, in that vein of what happened what led to this where you know how did we get here so and i think that'll be fleshed out a little bit more <laughs> in all flesh's grass uh as the departure well, and it's not uncommon to start a story like this oh, but no, the difference true. is in other stories we eventually get filled in right either through dialogue or through flashback or something of what led to this right, and right. the story we never get that all we get is a line of the Daleks and the Doctor have fallen out, pretty much. Right, right. And the Daleks think the Doctor betrayed them, yes. and that's it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of have to just go with it. Otherwise, that's about the, all the connecting of the dots. Then you just kind of sit down and enjoy the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, this would um, <clears throat> very much make a uh, a new series episode with the uh, the way it's structured. Because it's just, you know, mm-hmm. pre-credit sequences, explosions, there's Daleks running around all over the place. It's like, whoa, what happened? Where where are we at? Oh, the doctor's involved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same reaction, though. I thought for sure this was going to pick up after Enemy of My Ally and uh, was uh, not majorly lost, but but fairly confused, at yeah. least through the first 
first part of it. And then I began to kind of suspect it was like, I don't think this fits where I think it fits. Right. I was kind of, this is one of those that we've, (laughs) we've finally gotten around to that jumping around that we discussed was going to happen with this series. So well, I kind of rolled with it. And then about the midway point, I was like, okay, this is, this is at the end of the relationship. Yeah. And it, 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 we have been jumping from here to there, but we could always sort of semi connect where we were in the in the series or where we were in the events of what was happening but this was the first time that i really felt like whoa where are we <laughs> well and you know other than the book it felt like everything was leading up to the events or mid event yes. yes. as opposed to this where it's obviously clearly at the end yeah. and there hasn't been a lot that we've done that's felt like it's afterwards that's yeah. true in fact it, you know hindsight's 2020 20, i would have placed this uh, after we reviewed all fresh flesh is grassed honestly i mean the, the the they came out very close to each other and i think the release of this was just a few days before the novel came out and so i think in my mind i assumed okay well we need to listen to mutually assured destruction before we Logically. read all, all flesh is grass but clearly that was not the case <laughs> other than that i enjoyed it i it it, uh, honestly this one um maybe maybe this is one of those you know controversial things but i i felt uh in a weird way that it was still kind of oddly holiday appropriate because you've got the doctor running and crawling through air ducts and uh, a hostile force chasing him it felt very diehard to me so uh, (laughs) i was like hey it's, it's like a christmas episode but not or, yeah, or a disaster uh, movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, or a disaster movie. <laughs> so it still kind of fits. With, I could, I could totally see that for a Doctor Who holiday special. Ma- made me quite happy. <laughs> um, but uh, I enjoyed the the tiny little bits and uh, gleaming into the uh, uh, Dalek political realms. But uh, you know, between the uh, strategist and uh, the commander, mm-hmm. and then of course inevitably setting loose the uh, terror on wheels that is the <laughs> executioner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be terror on repulsors? Well, we don't know if he used them. (laughs) Or on static charge. Uh, The absolutely uh, brilliant uh, bit at the beginning with losing the power and and, and Paul McGann just, you know, launching into uh, the the 2001 theme. Yeah, well, (laughs) Paul McGann shines in this. He is so good in this. And, And... this one you can a lot of times I don't know I don't think any of the actors ever just phone it in. They're all really good, but occasionally you'll listen to a story where you can tell that the performer is enjoying themselves. I mean, really enjoying themselves. And I really kind of got that feeling from McGann. He had a lot of energy, and especially that whole I just you know choreographed that in my mind of him clinging on to this scientist <laughs> robot or a scientist da- Dalek as they were you know floating through the. <laughs> the uh uh the lab and even the the, the dancing yeah doing the uh, you know the the uh the waltz type thing with the with the doll like i thought was very clever and very funny as well and very much eighth doctor yeah oh yeah so i really well, the entire that. the entire story he gives off a well even though he's in utter peril He's having so much fun as the doctor climbing through these vents and mm-hmm. sabotaging a Dalek ship that it doesn't feel like he's in trouble. He's in peril. Like he has everything under control and he's just having a ball. Mm-hmm. And so it comes across that the doctor is too. It's just such a great performance. Yeah, very much so. Uh, he's just a, just a joy to listen to, which meant that as we went, um, 
you know, th this was one that despite the, uh, the executioner hot on their tails, I never, I mean, not that I ever really worry about the doctor, you know, really, uh, -huh. uh cause I know he's going to get out of it. But, uh, in this one, there was never kind of a shadow of a doubt. It was, he's obviously three steps ahead of all of them. Yeah, it's yeah. just a question of when am I going to be let in on it? So, uh, you know, so kind of putting that vibe out early just allowed me to come and sit back and relax and enjoy the the shenanigans, as it were. And then we'd get something you know, that would happen and be like, oh, well, maybe they are going to. Nope, nope, nope. There he is again. <laughs> <laughs> it was more concern over the pseudo companions he picked up. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, the kind of emotional impact it might have on the doctor to have them both killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it turns out one of them didn't, so it didn't matter. Right, right. And a nice little bit of auditioning uh, there at the end. Yeah, with his advice. A new companion. Um, I like that the the also the uh, the two were they Raxians? Is that what they were calling them? No, they were someone else. They were somebody else. Okay, the the but the the two from that particular uh, race of people. I like the fact that that they were sort of going down the same path as the Daleks. That they were looking to yeah. utilize the Daleks in order to, and their casing and travel mechanisms and things like that, and it was it was shadows of the history of the Daleks, and I liked that the Doctor, you know, identifies that and tries to explain. Listen, you know, you you don't want to go that this route. You don't want to become like the Daleks. Uh, that was that was kind of a neat uh, inclusion. So there, she would be a species from the Dark Times then. That is existing in the normal universe. She does now, yeah, because they made yeah. it back with her. So this is another thing: is that the we've had the um, oh that Doctor Who comic maker had them picking up that particular species. Um, what were they called? Uh, the Velosians, and then we had the uh, last story that we just reviewed uh, referred to another. Uh, group the felonians i think it was and so there there were peppering in a lot of these different you know the, we we knew that the daleks were collecting specimens uh and, yeah. and specimens particularly from the dark times uh in order to um i don't think we still know other than maybe to study these lesser as they call lesser life forms still don't know that we know why they were picking all these and, and i think defender of the daleks also obviously had some uh, it also alluded to the fact that they were using that they were picking up different species, uh, but I still am I am I missing something? We still don't know what they what they had intended with any of these, right? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe no. maybe that'll be uh, let known in the uh, uh, novel, the next novel we review. So that's still a mystery, but again, still connects to uh, that kind of thread that's been going on through these materials as well. It's a good story. I mean, it's it, it, I'm still thoroughly enjoying all the characters, thoroughly enjoying all of the characters that Nick Briggs is playing <laughs> so well. I'm still blown every every time we hear this. I'm so blown away, especially by the fact that he doesn't record them separately; that he records them all together. Yeah, <laughs> that's just amazing. I think one of the things that I thought was interesting about, I thought would be interesting about this, would be if it were revealed at some point that it's Davros actually in the, and I think one of you guys had alluded to this before, but it's actually Davros in the 
strategist because I think early on when somebody had speculated that, I kind of thought, oh, I don't know. But the more that I read of the strategist and his relationship with the emperor and the commander and how he's manipulating things as he's going as well in order to make things play out right. It's just, it's really, it's a lot of shades of Davros. And I don't know that, I don't think they would be going there, but I think it would be really a, a amazing reveal if he was. I kind of hope that it does. I, I just the the way the strategist's mind operates. I just I, I feel a lot of shades of Davros to it. And if we get to the end of this, and it is revealed to be Davros, uh, I'll be more excited than disappointed that I figured it out. It'll yeah. just be like, oh yeah. And, and I think mainly because, especially with the the, the uh, bits of information that we got about where you know these stories are set, that following up with. You know, okay, after the Civil War right. and cleaning up, and the Emperor is now okay. We're just going to start over. Well, that's a very a very Davros thing to do in a way, you know. And if there was a strategist whispering in his ear at that point, <laughs> we should just start over. Yeah, yeah, let's start over. You can do it better on your own. Yeah, I do. Have a, you should make them all swear loyalty to you. Yeah, that'd be you know just right, right. Just the, he, he's eliminating all those because if there's one thing that Davros has done, it's adapt. He's yeah, always, yeah. yeah, other than his personality letting him down, he learns from his mistakes, and um, so I that that to me would just be like the ultimate, <laughs> and yeah. it would also set up well for the eventual, uh, you know, the emperor finds out what's up and that he's been quote unquote betrayed, and uh, it sets up where Davros winds up in. The, the, the later episodes of New Who where he's, you know, kind of relegated to the basement and Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> kicked him out of his position of power, but keep him around. Right, right. I'd be totally all right with that. That's good stuff. I mean I think all three outings that we did this week, I just I thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Uh, of course they're very Dalek heavy, so it's gonna be kinda <laughs> hard for me not to like something like that. Um talking a little bit about the figures, I know you guys didn't had seen the figures yet in person but i've ordered them and, and and they look great the the construction of the eagle moss these are the first eagle moss pieces i've gotten um uh, they're a very you know they're a die cast metal uh, very heavy very sturdy uh the detail work on them is really good the sculpts on them are really good and the paint jobs are just incredible and i i this i i will continue to collect specifically probably dalek figures uh, just because they look so good on my shelf together. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm really, I'm very much pleased with the purchase of these um, as well. So there's my little review of the, the figurines that are coming with these magazines. Now, just out of curiosity, Glenn, I've seen a handful of the uh, the Eagle Moss character figs, mm-hmm. um, which all stand on these little kind of hexagonal bases. Um, and they almost are reminiscent of the... Uh, uh, the, the the placeholder figures from the five doctors that go down into the into the time scoop. They're they're better painted and sculpted than those were, but they, they, that's kind of what they remind me of. Are the Daleks on pedestals as well, or no. is it just on? They're no. they're just yeah. The Daleks are on their own. Uh, just the skirting goes straight down, so there's no there's no hex. Cool. I know what you I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think it's probably because it's unnecessary for the Daleks to have them. The other ones yeah. are such slender figures. And in order yeah, for them to true. stand correctly, I think you have to have that wide base. And so that's why they've got those, that hexagonal. And I'm assuming when I get um, 
the Tenth Doctor, uh, Time Lord Victorious, and Brian the Ood, which I do certainly plan to to buy when it's available. Uh, I I presume they will come on the uh, hexagonal base as well. Well, anything else about this particular story or either of these short stories that we want to touch on? If not, that's let's, all I can think of. If not, let's uh, talk about what we're what's coming next on the schedule. Some exciting stuff. What's all been well, exciting so far? But officially next week, Doctor Who is back on. Yay! Yay! We will return with our thoughts on Revolution of the Daleks, our holiday special with uh, Jodie Whittaker and the gang. The fam. Part of me. The fam. Part of me is not looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll We're be gonna, sad to see some we'll people. Lose part leave. of the fam. And then as planned, we will return to the world of Time Lord Victorious at the start of next year with uh, Exit Strategy, which is a, a short story from the Eagle Moss set that includes the Dalek Executioner and Dalek Strategist. And the big Finnish audio drama, Genesis of the Daleks, written by one of our favorites, Jonathan Morris. Hey! And featuring the fourth Doctor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a minute. (laughs) There was a big pause, and then, yes, yes. (laughs) The the mental filing cabinet wedged and didn't quite open all the way. It was like, is that the one? Yeah, genetics. Yeah, of course it is. Okay. That'll be be what the... (laughs) It's genetics. Fifth? Genetics. The fifth doctor to enter the Time Lord Victorious story arc. Because we've had the tenth doctor, the ninth doctor, and the eighth doctor. We've had the eleventh doctor technically because she shows up in Defender of the Daleks. We've had the, uh, well, and then the fourth doctor will be the other one. That is the surprise. I don't think we've had any other ones that have shown up. Well, we've had the curator. Uh, that made the phone calls oh, and the canary story, the short story. So we've had the the curator as well. So, so potentially six incarnations of the Doctor so far. Possibly Maybe some more. more. Who knows? Yeah, Possibly more. <laughs> you never know who's going to show up. That's right. We get to the important part of Revolution of the Daleks. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you can follow along with us on our website, TravelingVortex.com. If you get some value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by uh, clicking on our Patreon link and consider supporting us. And for those of you that do, we always are indebted to your uh, gracious gratitude. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you join the conversation in our listeners forum, forum over on Facebook. Anything else we need to touch on, guys? I want to wish you all a very happy new year, because you'll hear from us in uh, 2021. Yeah. Yay, no more 2020. <laughs> Barring any bizarre time vortex. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, that's true. You never know what's going to happen. When, when the <laughs> clock the clock turns over to 1160, 1161, yeah. 1162, 1163. <laughs> As uh, Sean Connery once said, when we're airborne with Germany behind us, I'll share that sentiment (laughs) until then i'm not getting my hopes up well if that's going to do it for this time until next time i'm glenn i'm sean and i'm keith cheers good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening you have been listening to traveling the vortex doctor who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the bbc no infringement is intended or implied